This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Countless Americans are fighting the battle of the bulge, struggling to lose the pounds and keep them off. We'll talk to an expert who says hormones are the real key to lifelong weight loss. And it turns out to be insulin. So we literally get fat because the carbohydrate-rich foods we eat make us fat. Then, it may be human nature to blame others when things go wrong at work. But doing so could crash your career. It doesn't matter at what stage you are in your career. Everybody has an opportunity to set a positive example for others. What great leaders do is they take blame on themselves and they share credit with other people. Those two stories and much more are coming your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stick around. Our first story will begin right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Millions of Americans are overweight, and despite all the dieting, most people can't seem to lose the pounds. Our next guest is an award-winning science journalist who says misconceptions about obesity are rampant. And once we learn the truth, losing weight and keeping it off will be far easier. Let's welcome Gary Taubes to InfoTrack. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here. You're the author of Why We Get Fat and What to Do About It. Let's start by discussing what you say are some of the biggest misconceptions when it comes to obesity. First, consuming fewer calories means you will lose weight. Yeah, this whole idea that we get fat merely because we take in more calories than we expend. The idea is that the laws of physics, in effect, determine how our bodies respond and that if we just eat too much, we're going to get fatter. If we eat too sedentary, we're going to get fatter. And the way to deal with it is to just reverse the problem. So you eat less, boom, you're going to lose weight. The argument I make, which is based on how pre-World War II European researchers saw this problem, they said, look, what you've got is this disorder of excess fat accumulation. You've got too much fat on your body, and our bodies are regulated by hormones and enzymes and the central nervous system, and this is probably a hormonal disorder, just like any other growth disorder is driven by hormones. And all you have to do is figure out what hormones are in charge of fat accumulation and you'll figure out why we're all getting too fat. The fundamental hormone turns out to be insulin. So the more insulin you secrete, the longer you're secreting insulin during the day, the more fat you're accumulating. And we secrete insulin primarily in response to the carbohydrates in the diet. Mm-hmm. So what I'm arguing is what was argued 40, 50, 60 years ago, but always assumed somehow to be quackery, which is that we literally get fat because the carbohydrate-rich foods we eat make us fat. And this overeating and under-exercising thing is sort of an effect of getting fatter. It's not a cause. People will point to overweight people and say, see, they're lazy, they're sitting around, they're not moving, that's why they're fat. But you're saying the lack of energy is a result of the situation they're in. You know, what the laws of physics tell us is if you're getting fatter, you got to take in more calories than you expend. That's a given. But the question is what's cause and what's effect. And actually one of the metaphors that these pre-World War II Europeans used were growing children. 
And they said, you know, kids go through growth spurts. They're obviously taking in more calories than they expend because they're growing. Mm-hmm. But they're not growing because they're in the, what's called positive energy balance. They're in positive energy balance because they're growing, and they're growing because they're secreting growth hormone. And, you know, if you've got a kid who's going through a growth spurt, you know, he's hungry all the time. He eats twice as much as he usually does. Sometimes, you know, parents will say they're eating me out of house and home. You know, my son just lies around the couch all day long. Why don't they move? And the reason they don't move is because their bodies are taking all the energy they're bringing in and using it to grow. Is this related to people will say, you know, I always seem to get fat on my hips or on certain part of their body. And again, this is because of the body's hormones, and that's how the fat is distributed by the body then. Again, that the things these Europeans pointed out is that they said, you don't just ask the question, is someone obese or not? Like today we'll say, you have a BMI over 30, therefore you're obese. You should eat less and exercise more. So look at the way people get fat. Even if you blame the calories thing for why they got fat to begin with, you have to ask the question, why did it go above the waist in men and below the waist in women? And actually, if you just pay attention to this sort of hormonal and enzymatic, which means the way the enzymes and the receptors on fat cells are distributed, you could explain all of this. If you just look at the calorie idea, you can't explain any of it. Our guest is Gary Taubes, author of Why We Get Fat and What to Do About It. So it sounds like insulin is basically a storage mechanism. It causes energy to be stored in the form of fat. Insulin has a lot of different roles in the human body. And the way we've always thought about it is it's a hormone that controls blood sugar regulation. So if you eat a carb-rich meal, the carbs are broken down, and most of them get dumped into your bloodstream as glucose, which is what blood sugar is. Your blood sugar starts rising. Your body doesn't like this because elevated blood sugar is toxic. So insulin is secreted, and the insulin starts telling your muscle cells, basically, take up as much of this blood sugar as you can, while it's also telling your fat cells to hold on to any fat and store it because we want to just burn this blood sugar and bring blood sugar levels down. So as long as insulin is elevated, what it's doing in most of us is saying, look, hold on to fat and burn carbohydrates. And one of the paradigm shifts in our understanding of heart disease and diabetes and obesity over the last 20 or 30 years is metabolic syndrome, which is a kind of pre-diabetes and pre-heart disease The CDC says 75 million Americans have metabolic syndrome. Mm. And when you're insulin resistant, you have to secrete more insulin to do this job of controlling blood sugar. The more insulin you secrete, the longer you're going to be trapping fat in your fat tissue and the less you're going to be burning it over the course of the day. And even in the 1960s, researchers who studied this said, look, if you want to get fat out of your fat tissue and burn it, you've got to keep insulin levels low, which means you've got to avoid the carbohydrate-rich foods that prompt insulin secretion or elevate it. And these are mostly the refined carbs, refined grains, and particularly sugars. Mm-hmm. Everything we've learned in this field for the past 50 years has implicated the carbohydrates in the diet as the cause not just of obesity, but diabetes and even heart disease. And we've just been so hung up on this idea that it's all about dietary fat and it's all about calories. Well, sure, if you go in the store, every other product has a low-fat version, 
and people go, I'm going to buy that, that'll help me lose weight. But often there's more sugar in the low-fat products, which actually can make the problem worse. Well, and that's the classic example of these low-fat yogurts you see everywhere where they remove a little bit of fat and they replace the fat with high fructose corn syrup, which is effectively just another form of sugar. And now because you've got a low-fat item, you can advertise it as good for the heart, a healthy food, the American Heart Association's all for it. This is the food we should be eating to maintain our weight and avoid heart disease and diabetes. And I would argue that this is exactly the food we shouldn't be eating. The question is then, who do you listen to? The journalists and the small percentage of the research community that finally understood this? Or do you listen to our public health authorities who are hammering on us, eat less fat, eat less fat, eat less fat? And as you said, if you go into the supermarket, virtually every food that advertises itself as heart healthy or good for the heart, with the possible exception of Cheerios, is high in sugar and going to do more harm than good. Gary, in your book, you give an example of somebody who's a really good cook invites you over to their house for a big dinner and they say, come hungry. And so you do certain things to make sure you're going to be really hungry, and they actually parallel what most people try to do to lose weight. Yeah, imagine that I've got the 10 top chefs from Top Chef, the TV show, and they're all coming over to my house tonight, and they're going to cook a feast, and it's going to be the best food you've ever tasted. And so you think, what are the two things I would do that day to make sure that I got here hungry? And the answers would be, well, I'd probably eat less over the course of the day. I might even skip lunch. I'd certainly skip my snacks. And I'd also probably exercise more. So if I didn't work, wasn't going to work out, I would work out. If I did work out, I'd work out longer. I'd try to burn more calories. I might say to myself, yeah, I'm going to walk to Gary's house. He only lives three miles from here. That's going to work up an appetite. So the two things that we would do to assure that we get hungry are the two things that we tell obese individuals to do to lose weight. And it's illustrative of how off the rails the research community has become on this problem since the 1960s. It's pretty clear, if you look at this from an open mind, what the correct answer is. But this is science, and there's certainly some you know, very well-controlled experiments we could do that would test whether or not we are indeed right, that I think the medical research community would take very seriously. It's fascinating stuff, and the book is Why We Get Fat and What to Do About It. Gary Taubes is the author, and you can visit his website at GaryTaubes.com. Gary, we want to thank you so much for joining us today on InfoTrack. Well, thank you for having me. Next, when things go wrong at work, blaming others might end up slamming your career. The eye-opening story, straight ahead. There's more InfoTrack coming up. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.